O grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, especially in the current circumstances, it's easy for us to become discouraged, isn't it? You know, yeah, some emergency kind of comes up on your radar and, you know, you, you respond and you, you have some of that, that energy and that, some of that commitment and, and you're going to, you know, face uh, the moment, but then it, it, it kind of drags on, perhaps. And when, when the, this virus first came upon us, you know, everyone, we all was, you know, busy preparing and, oh, you know, we're, we're going to beat this thing and, and you know, we're, we're going to do some stuff, you know, and it's going to make a difference and it's going to be okay. And now here we are, you know, the three months later, and just starting maybe kind of to drag a little bit. Uh, this way it's starting to you know, get on your nerves a little bit. It, it, it's prolonged. And dear friends, that, that's exactly what our New Testament verse is talking about for today, isn't it? That in this life we're going to have struggles and, and in the, this life it's going to kind of drag it at times. In this life things aren't going to always go our way. And in the midst of that, our Lord, he points us back to what we need. Now, another verse that we didn't read for today, if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a place in the heavens not built by human hands. Have you ever really considered that? For, you know, sometimes we come to feel like, well, you know, my body is me, right? And, you know, for many of us, you know, if something happens to your, your body, that, that's just, you know, really devastating because something happened to me. You know, a, a lot of people in the United States are, are going to have a heart attack, perhaps. You know? You probably have a lot of friends that, that have had heart attacks and associated with heart attack is, you know, some kind of depression, usually. They say, well, you know, because it happened to me because something happened to my heart. Maybe you're in some kind of accident and you know you, you, you lost a, a part of a finger, you lost a, a hand. People go off to war and they, they lose arms and, and legs and they come back and it's I'm not a whole person anymore, right? Because something happened to me. This, you know, artificial arm I have, this artificial leg I, I have, it, it just isn't quite like the old one. It's not me. Here am I, that other stuff, it's not me. And we can kind of identify with that, can't we? Because many of us, we, we looked in the mirror this morning, and you said, you know what, I'm not 25 anymore. 
My, my body is kind of aging. You know, things are, are kind of changing when I, I look in the mirror lately. It's me. Our Lord and Savior, he comes in and he reminds us, not even your body is you. Your body, according to God, is simply an earthly tent that you live in. If this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a place in the heavens, not built by human hands. It's not going to be messed up by sin. The person that built it, he didn't cut some corners to try to make the budget work. The person that has the place for us in heaven did a perfect job. He made it just for us. And the fact of the matter is, while we're in this body, we're simply in a temporary dwelling. And isn't it interesting? He calls it a tent. Now, a, a tent is something you just kind of used to go camping, isn't it? And, and many of you, you ladies, maybe you've gone camping with your husband just to indulge him, but you would not say, hey, I, I, I want to go live in a tent for a while. Who would be it, would it? It's that temporary thing you kind of keep hung up in the rafters of the garage, you know? You just get it out maybe once a year. That's what our bodies are. Now for, for some of you younger people who play some video games, it, it really comes down to maybe that, that same idea, that, that little character on the TV screen in your video game uh, called your avatar. Like years ago they called it a sprite. Was just a little character on the screen that you, you move around, right? You, you kind of go into that game world and you kind of live life in the game as that, that little avatar. And then the game comes to an end. And you're back out in the world again. And you see, dear friends, in that very same way, God, who created our spirit, has our, our spirit inhabiting these, these avatars, these physical bodies, but when the, the game is over, we're going to come out of this world, we're going to come out of this body, and we're going to be with God in the wonderful place he created for us for all eternity. You see, really, that's where we need to keep our eyes fixed, isn't it? Because certainly in this world, there's going to be trouble. And in this world, there's going to be some sin. If we, we really think about it, you know, put a, a good construction on, on things. 
I, you know, just some of the numbers, you know, thrown out in, in the world today, you know, people in law enforcement are, are saying, you know, about 8% of the men kind of evil in their heart. About, about 4% of the women, you know, kind, kind of evil. And, and now, you know, statistically, then we average, average those together, it means, you know, about 6% of the people on the earth, you know, kind of have some, some evil inside of them. And, well, you know, within the church, you know, we can say, you know, there's good, there's evil. Now, you, you break that down in, in your little circle of a, about 25 people, right? You know, you have 25 close friends and family members, right? It means that maybe one or two of those people in your close family circle are doing some evil thing. I just, just you know, statistically speaking. And, you know, if you have a, a, a bigger circle of, of 50 people, then there's maybe three or four. Right, if you know a, have a hundred close friends and neighbors, well, yeah, then you, you may know six people that have some, some evil in their heart. And I, I go through kind of that long spiel to, to kind of make the point, you know, we probably know someone. Right? We're probably affected. We maybe have some family members that are, you know, evil in their heart. Now, we don't want to admit it today, I'm not going to make anyone raise their hand, but really, how, how does that make you feel? You, you, you have that, that niece or nephew. You, you have that, that distant cousin. You, you have that, that person that, that's out there serving Satan, and maybe you don't talk about it that much, but it has an effect on you, doesn't it? Because you, you worry about that person. Right? Maybe that person is at the top of your prayer list. Maybe every night you're saying, you know, God, please change the heart of my cousin, you know, so he can come to know you, so he can you know, stay out of jail. Right? He can start serving you again. Please, Lord, help us. You've probably been there. And that's what it is to live in this world. Do we have friends and neighbors we're concerned about? We have close, even family members that we're praying for that, that it hurts our heart. It's kind of a grind. You know, maybe for some of you, you know, worrying about the, the virus was no big deal because you're worried about a son or daughter that's just right on the brink of going to prison. Because I don't have time to worry about any of this virus stuff. I have important things, you know. People in my life are sinning. People in my life are going the wrong direction. Of course, as Bible-believing Christians, we you know, fully believe in the parable for today, right? And the last day, God himself is going to come. He's going to gather the wheat into the barn. The weeds, he's going to burn with the unquenchable fire. 
And, and so it really is kind of right for us to worry about some of these situations. When you're saying, hey, my son or daughter is going to burn an unquenchable fire. And they're, they're like over the age of 21 and they moved out of the house and I don't know what to do. I'm pulling out my hair. I'm scared. And that's the world where we live, isn't it? Where we have problems. And we have turmoil. And we have fear in our heart about what's happening with family members who refuse to repent, who refuse to turn around and follow after God. And now comes the soothing comfort that God loves you so very much. He made a place for you in the heavens. And the place he made for you is so much better than just some camping tent. You endure once or twice a year. The place in the heavens is so much more solid, so much more secure. You know, just as your home today is so much better than that tent out in your garage. And the God of this universe loves you so much. He says in his word, he desires for everyone to be saved. For everyone to come to the knowledge of him. He welcomes the world with open arms. And he says, you know what? All it takes is to respect my son. It seems so simple, doesn't it? You know, God, he doesn't even talk a lot about respecting him. All he really talks about is respecting the sacrifice that Jesus made. With the heart of a, a parent, you can kind of understand that, can't you? Because, you know, you can go out into this world and you can face slings and arrows and you can maybe work with harsh people and, and you can kind of, you know, go through things to earn your daily bread and you make it. And some of the insults and the backstabbing, it just you know, kind of can, can wash off of you. So you can keep on going. But if someone hurts your kid, well, that's a little bit different story, isn't it? And in God's heart, he feels just the same. You know, God says, oh, I, I can forgive a lot of stuff. But you disrespect my son. And that's it. Right, you're done. He who has not the son has not the father. Will suffer eternal punishment. But God loves so much 
that he sent Jesus even in the worst of times, didn't he? You know, the, the holy nation of Israel that God had prepared and promised so much to had turned their back on him. As a punishment, God had allowed the Roman Empire to invade Israel and to take over as the governing authority. That holy nation that was at the central of world trade in the ancient world that was supposed to be able to provide the teachings of God to all the nations had failed time and again. They turned away to other gods. They had forsaken the true God. They had incurred righteous judgment. And into the midst of that, God, even knowing that his son would be crucified, he sent him anyway to open the way to heaven for all who believe. To be the righteous sacrifice. To be your savior. And even at that time when you were 22 years old and you were at the bar getting drunk and cursing God's name, God still had you in mind when he sent Jesus. And even at that time when you were 25 and you'd forsaken the church and you said there's no way you're ever going to be part of your, your family of origin again and there's nothing left for you at home. God still had you in mind. They sent Jesus to die to make up for your sin. You see, that's how much God loves. He loves so much that even knowing up front what was going to happen, he had Jesus go anyway into this world to make a sacrifice for you and for me and for all of those that we love that drive us crazy and make us grind our teeth. All you and I need to do is embrace him. All our friends and neighbors need to do is say, thank you, Jesus, for giving your life. All anyone in this sin-filled world has to do is respect the sacrifice that Jesus made. He loves so much. How can we do any less? So dear friends, as you face the, the many circumstances, the, the turmoil that is perhaps around the corner, as you're in contact with, with friends and neighbors that drive you crazy, remember the final promise. We have a place in the heavens. 
It's not built by human hands. The way there was opened by Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who loved us so much, he couldn't stand the thought of us burning for eternity, and so he opened the way to heaven for all who will believe in him. For all who will take him as their Savior. For all who simply respect what he has done. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.